Welcome back to the 55th and final episode of the Chicken Chess Club podcast. My name is Jan Gustafsson. I am incredibly sorry that it took so long for us to record another episode. Obviously, it's not my fault. It's also not the fault of any of the people joining me today. And we have fantastic news. We have 100% more Peters than you people are used to. Peter Swidler is here with us to round out the cast, along with regular cast member Peter Heine-Nielsen. Peter Swidler, welcome. How are you doing? I'm uh, back home after losing some games of chess to an Indian prodigy as well. Prodigy is maybe... We did. He's like uh, years and years old. Yes, exactly. Years years and years old is the, the correct description. But losing some games of chess still stands back to... Long walks with the dog and and then more long walks with the dog, which is just how life should be. That does sound exciting. Peter Heine-Nielsen, can you beat that? I don't know. It comes close, right? I, I left, uh, you know, four o'clock in the morning from Stavanger this morning after a tournament where Magnus, for the first time in, in whatever years, uh, didn't win a game of chess. So... Not particularly well. And uh, while Peter did actually find time to, to walk uh, his dog, I haven't even been at the golf course yet. So, uh, no, not, not too great stuff here. But um, things will change, I hope. My first question and most important question about the Stavanger tournament. When you left at 4 a.m., did you have to get your own transportation or was it provided? Well, I got a taxi, which I sort of hope that eventually I will manage to get a refund from my boss from. So I don't know if that counts. But No, that counts as you had to organize it yourself. No, no that was my question. Cause... Well, I, I sort of mentioned it to the organizers that probably getting a volunteer to drive me at 4.45 in the morning was perhaps unreasonable. And they seem to agree with that statement. So I figured it out myself. Or you have some context? Or are you just curious? No, I'm mainly curious, but it was... A personal favorite scene when former world champion and chess legend Vishy Anand, I think last year, asked how the transportation to the to the airport was got, was going to happen from the hotel, and he said, "No, you can just order a taxi at the reception." Vishy said, "Yeah, sure, sure." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sure. He was aware of that option. We, yeah. we talked about it in the past. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah, the, the concept probably is familiar to him. Yeah. So how was how was Stavanger? I don't know where to begin. You mentioned Magnus didn't win a chess game. You could also say he won ch seven chess games. That's true. It's a, it was a rude and factually wrong comment by me, which sort of means that I care only about classical chess, which is obviously wrong. But, uh, I mean, basically you should quiz me. I mean, you know, who brought who as seconds, uh, what was the results, whatever, right? I mean, there's so many non-interesting things to talk about. We went on a boat trip that was very cool and such. Was, I mean, a lot of stuff. Where you want to start? To the Fleuren, Fifiren Fleure or something. Exactly. Right? I couldn't have pronounced it better myself. Fleur uh, Island? Yeah, what, what uh, uh, the, the highest rated Peter here is explaining is that you take a boat through sort of out from uh, Stavanger Harbor and then after maybe half an hour you come to this incredibly beautiful Iceland who has a huge uh, garden made there and it's it's, it's very very impressive and, uh, yeah we played around there one year I remember. Ah, that's true actually yeah yeah that's uh, a, a, yeah. a while back yeah mm -hmm. and the blitz qualify there so we we've all the, all been there they do have nice nice flowers mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
It's a very impressive uh, place. When we were there, there were very few people. So basically, you, I mean, you go on this, uh, you know, it basically feels like this remote island you're walking on. It has incredible fauna and it's it's beautiful, peaceful, uh, and so on and so forth. Very, very cool. Um, I haven't met any of the fauna. It's mainly the flora, though. Okay. Again, yeah. <laughs> I don't really I mean, know. That's what I'm here for, I'm pretty sure. Correcting minor, minor yeah, yeah, yeah. mistakes. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> has no, to no, be no. my role here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Help me out, Jan. Ask another. No, question. no. I'll let you guys uh, hang yourself on the Flower Island. <laughs> yeah. Talk. So, Stavanger, the Norway Chess 2023 Super Tournament is over with a dramatic last round where Hikaru Nakamura beats his countryman Fabiano Carana to overtake the lead in the last round. Hikaru Nakamura wins the event also becomes the world number two. Again, it changed a couple times during the event. I think it was Ali Reza, Karana, Nakamura. It kept changing hands. That, I guess we should start with congratulations to at GM Hikaru. Impressive stuff. Six out of nine. Undefeated. Found time while playing Karana to go to the confessional for an hour and a half and address every single topic. Where does he? I, th I was also told like 10 minutes before the game against Caruana that Hikaru is still streaming. I don't even know how he does it like logistically to get to the playing hall, play, then he has to go to the confessional. But also beating Fabi in a 4 night G5 line, I thought Fabi should know. There's so much to unpack. Where to begin? Well, I, I can give you some logistics. I mean, well, as soon as the game was finished, you would see him uh, just outside the lobby. Someone will give him a laptop, most likely his second or his uh, fiancé, right? And he would immediately go streaming uh, after the game. That's more or less the first thing you see him do, and for a considerable amount of time. So basically, I mean, you're right. Things are set up so that he can uh, stream just before the game, just after the game, and go to the confessional during the game, right? So it's clear this is a huge priority. But he did bring a chess second as well, which I guess is uh, almost rare for him these days. Who's the chess second? Well, Chris Littlejohn. Same old, same old. Yeah, yeah, he was back. Good shape, They're doing well. Well, Fresh is not here, so we can't really go on with that subject. But yeah, no. And I think he's, his, I think it's his fiance, right? Uh, who was also also there. So he, he came with a, quite a team. Yeah, has done well. Um, that last round game was very puzzling to me, but uh, that's really like all the questions there have to be addressed to Fabi, frankly, like. It is puzzling, but no no fault attaches to Hikaru. He is winning by move 15 and goes on to win. I mean, what's what's not to like from his viewpoint? But yeah, what Fabi was doing there was not all too good. Always so confusing, this modern chess. Because no? that particular line I knew, and then you're sitting there saying, okay, but everybody must know this. This is not a great choice to play for win. But then when Fabi doesn't know it and throws the game away, in one move, which I guess is more shocking than not knowing night before, instead of F5 in that particular position. But even if you don't know stuff, Fabi's such a great calculator. Why would he give everything away? I didn't I didn't understand it, but then with hindsight, it makes it, of course, a fantastic choice by Nakamura. Yeah. I, I don't get it particularly either. I mean, but um, it was a very, very strange blunder from uh, from... From from Fabi, this is it's hard hard to to explain. Yeah, I was 
yeah, we're probably centering on this one game a bit too early, but since sort of the entire tournament was more or less decided in that one in that one moment where he played a five instead of nine before, I saw that move and I tried to figure out what he thought he had after knight takes c5. And queen a5 apparently loses immediately to knight g5. But the problem is... But I don't know, know if knight a4... discussing a position, yeah. but knight a4, you're also much, much worse yeah, and there's exactly. no tactics to spot. So it doesn't doesn't add up. Yeah. Was um, it a probably of madness for Karen. Breaching my contract of confidentiality, but I had the exact same conversation with Magnus, who also said that, sure, knight g5 is nice, but okay, knight a4 is also just a crushing move, right? Yeah. Uh, and, so, oh, it's yeah. very hard to... I mean, I don't know Fabi that well. Does he actually get very nervous? I Once again, this is armchair psychology, but I could imagine he has a bit of a thing with Hikaru as well, like some history countryman. He lost him in the candidates. And uh, I don't think of him as usually getting very nervous, but maybe Hikaru and Hikaru spending all his time in the confessional streaming two minutes before also gets to him a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was just shocked. Maybe this is the opening nerd in me. But e4, e5, knight f3, knight c6, bishop c4, knight f6, we see in every second top-level game. That's how it feels like. And every time there is this op- option of knight g5 looming and some very sharp lines. So I'm always assuming people consider it for white all the time and then they check for black all the time to make sure not to get hit by it. But maybe that's yeah, just paranoia on my part. It's, I was very confused. Yeah, yeah, but there were probably some some other games of chess played in that tournament, so maybe we should. <laughs> yeah, just, just yeah. To, to, to round off this game, maybe. Well, as we will go over the tournament, I mean, this tournament was all Karanas basically from start on, until the finish, and maybe that adds some nerve in terms of okay, I can actually blow it, and that somehow you know made him collapse. I don't know; it's hard to come up with any other reasonable explanation. But uh, well, we can start from the beginning, although the beginning is not that pleasant from my perspective. But uh, makes sense. I don't recall a thing. I think going through all the rounds is too much. Big picture. Yeah, Magnus Carlsen. Well, he started... Eight draws, lo- one loss. He, he started, started losing the first game, then drew eight, right? Yeah, he lost to Karana in the first round. Well, to be fair, the day before that, there was this uh, Blitz tournament, right? Where, well, you it's all play, all Blitz, and the top five get five whites. Mm-hmm. And uh, Magnus not getting into top five was not something I thought was... A realistic possibility before the event started but he actually ended up as number six and started with the black pieces against Karana. but that's a pretty bad sign of a form in a way i mean magnus ending in the bottle half of a blitz tournament uh, i guess for you guys it also felt impossible yeah i i was uh, i didn't really you know take it so seriously as to think you know this might be you know a very like significant uh portent of things to come but yeah it just doesn't happen does it he, him not actually getting the five whites in this tournament because the format has been the same for years and oh, years yeah. and years. It just doesn't I'm, happen. No, I was I'm, even maybe through my geary hat, but I was mildly protesting the format because I was arguing it's in a way it means the rich get richer because it guarantees Magnus an extra white in every Norway chess, which means, yeah, he also has a slightly higher rating expectation. So I'm never sure how fair it is to have these blitz qualifiers for the extra white. You could argue about it, and of course it's a good show, but usually it should mean that it's an, an edge, of course, for the strongest players, which which is Magnus. And yeah, to not see him get there, I don't know what the odds are, but you don't even take it in. So 
into consideration. So it was a red flag, I guess. With hindsight. No, also he started out with half a three. I thought, okay, he's still gonna uh, get five whites, of course. And it, indeed, he won the next three games, and everything seems under control. Then he lost to Tari, and then I think in the final round he needed to beat uh, Firusha. And he was completely winning and didn't find the win and ended up in a draw. And uh, somehow he was number six. And uh, well, again, it shouldn't be a disaster. But the next day he lost to to Karana, who played a great game. Yeah, that's I guess can happen. Like uh, I know we've talked about it here plenty. Fabi with white, mm-hmm. maybe it's also us and thinking back to 2018. But Fabi with white. I think is still one of the greater forces. Of in the course. Chess world. <laughs> well, Magnus has actually won the, the two previous games with black, but mm-hmm. that's probably that actually indicates that the risk of losing is higher because it's clear that Fabi, even if he plays Magnus, just going to play a game of chess. He's going to play play for a win. He's not going to do like, for instance, what Hikaru did and, and force the draw. Magnus played the French and tried to provoke a battle. He got a battle. And uh, well, Hikaru was having a better position then at some point it was computer style equal but still easier for for um uh fabi to play and then at some point magnus made a very bad blunder and was just dead lost immediately and never recovered from that as i saw it yeah that's it sorry go ahead no no that i just wanted to for for no particular reason just agree with everything yeah it's always nice (laughs) yeah much appreciated What can you tell us from, as much as you can tell us from inside Team Magnus? He's mentioned classical chess and chess training hasn't been a big priority for him the last couple months. Would you think like this bad result now is a motivator for him or it's more of a proof, yeah, this is not high on my to-do list anyway, can't win games without all this prep, let's do other stuff like that? It could be either way, and I think, uh, well, the jury being himself might still be out in a way. I didn't think there was any kind of uh, panic, neither from him or from the the, the team. I mean, and, uh, well, it's not like I can say it felt like it was not that bad an event, because the score was obviously, I mean, he lost, like, I don't know, if he lost 18 18 points. I'm not sure how many points he lost. But, I mean, well... You have to take a decision. Do you think there is something fundamentally wrong or not? Or is this an outlier? And I think we are sticking with the outlier. That uh, that was like three, four games. We thought he could have won had he been a, a bit better at the right times and stuff like this. Well, I understand I'm the opening coach. So I will say that, uh, you know, I don't think the openings was a big problem either. So I, I guess we will think that, um, well, these kind of things happens. And uh, we will expect... Uh, that he's still the best player in the world, and uh, we will move on from from there and uh, expect that the next time he starts playing, he's still the the, the big favorite. So, but, well, of course, uh, if you have too many of these events, it's not going to be that fun. And it's true that now, is it four tournaments in a row he hasn't won? He's played in? I mean, there I is... The, kept track, what has he played? He played Vike, he played Norway Chess, what else is that? St. Louis, he sort of played too few rounds. Okay, have, a, have a shot at it, and... I think there was something before that, but I've forgotten it. More shocking thing is he barely plays, no? Like, this is over the span of yeah. a year. <laughs> and it's not going to be much more, no? As far as I know, there's not that much scheduled. A bunch of rapid stuff. Or... No, no. I might know a bit more than you, which I can't say. But uh, I think, well, I mean, I think you're, you're kind of spot on to some extent. But, uh, I mean, I'm on a need-to-know basis, and I don't really need to know that much. So I'm not fully sure what his schedule is, but uh, we will see. But I, I get your point. The main event, I suppose, right? Well, he's Sorry? going to Dubai. 
Yeah, yeah, he's going to Dubai, but it's not a. Yeah, he's also probably playing the main event, I assume. I don't know, actually. He might, <laughs> but uh... that's the World Series of Poker. Or... Yeah, which yeah. dates are that? That's in a month or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you know, as far as I understand, that's some decision you take uh, four hours before, right? Or how does it work? <laughs> well, it's uh, you, you do need to be in Vegas for for that to be. I, okay, that's yeah. You cannot. <laughs> They're not letting you play remotely, right? No. 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 no, yeah, no. That... Oh, that's... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not. I guess it's too early for conclusions, but of course we would need we would need more classical events. I don't think anybody will say if Magnus chooses to play whatever Sinkerfield Cup. I don't know what he might be playing. He will still be the big favorite going into it, but it would be good to see the ball going through the net again. So yeah, I'm very curious. Mm-hmm. Of course, I no, I f- fully uh, agree. This was, I mean, if you have sort of told me the spectrum of results before the event, uh, you know, four points, minus one, no wins, would probably not have been been in there. I would have guessed that. Okay, and, uh, you know, if things goes very badly. He ends up on, on plus one, doesn't win the event, but more than fifty percent of the time, he's going to win the event. Especially, it's a format that should favor him. We saw him kicking ass in the Armageddon, but not really. Uh, you know, managing anyway. So it's like they say in Anchorman: sixty percent of the time he wins every time. Uh, I've, that's too much in, info for me to process. No, that's fine. So, okay. I should say that I was about to criticize the organizers for their invitational policy, but then Tari won in the last round. And I can't really trash them for having these two locals who clearly can't win a game against top-class competition. So, no, it it all played out nicely. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. No, at first I thought, are you sort of doing the hammer angle? But no, you're gonna. It was just a a take <laughs> on Magnus. You're prepared, yeah. So fair enough. <laughs> I've <laughs> I've done the same joke when he did horribly. I think in 2015 in Norway, chess, ah, yeah, yeah. and Hammer was there, also not winning a game, and yeah. I've been I've been to this good, good. Yeah, I think he, um, realm of funny. He will not do anything, but he will remember it. So, yeah. mm, that's fine. That's fine. Um, we should also praise Anish Giri. Eight draws, one victory uh, against Tari. One three rating points. So very solid, yeah. You're saying it's a, it was a very successful event, yeah? I don't know. I guess it was sort of, yeah. The expected result, or as a rating performance says, I guess 50% to plus one is the expected result. I mean, it is what it is. I don't think he's too thrilled or too unhappy about it for Anish, and I guess not just for Anish, also for Wesley and maybe Fabiano. I'm assuming it also matters to qualify for for the candidates, and they have this strange, what's it called, FIDE... Cycle, I'm sure Peter. I was trying to. I was, trying, of the I was trying to Google it right now to see the standings, but standings are a bit unclear. But as far as I understand it, your best five results go uh, into five. it, I thought and it it's only, only one spot. Okay. So sometimes the standings can be a bit deceiving because people have yeah, yeah. like more results but mediocre ones. But basically, Anish won, Vike, Fabi won, Bucharest, and if Fabi was gonna win this one as well, Fabi becomes. A bit of a juggernaut in this format already. While now Anisha is Vike and some plus ones and Fabi. Yeah, I guess he's slightly ahead. 
but it still remains a bit of a race. They also have Wesley, who no, was plus I've actually player. completely yeah. forgotten about that angle. And yeah, that yeah, winning two of those would have been a massive, massive edge for, for Fabio, of course. Yeah. I would guess if Fabio wins that one, yeah, he's hard to catch because also he's he's been playing well. So general. basically, I mean, for Hikaru, he lost two entries to the candidates, both the tour and the rating spot in this uh, one game, yeah? Not to rub it in, but that was the reality. But he also talked, because uh, I was watching some of his confessional, he talked about, yeah, it's not on his priority for the other guys. It's not one of his priorities for the other guys who might matter, but Hikaru is not going to play enough tournaments in in Europe. So he literally doesn't care. Oh, but I, No, no, I was talking about Karana. Oh, that's what you were doing as well. Ah, sorry, did you ask? I thought you said Hikaru. Oh, I was no, confused. no, I thought for... For, for Fabiano, he both lost the number two rating spot, which qualifies for candidate, and he didn't win, which would have given him a bunch of uh, feeder circuit points. So basically, I mean, he, he really tripped. Whoa. And we just got an update on the standings, and apparently with that second place, Fabi is in 15th. But he's fine. This is just the number of tournaments played. In the end, it's going to be five. So the current standings are always deceiving. You count the best five results, but if you get five good tournaments, it's more about the mm. top and results. And also, uh, apparently, they haven't they haven't counted Norway yet. So yeah, yeah. That, that was a bit preliminary. Also, you have to get to five tournaments. Is, is that maybe a problem for some? Or for Magnus and Hikaru, it's a problem. Yeah, yeah. For Magnus, I'm assuming can still qualify by rating, although the current pace it's a bit unclear. Um, can can but... you make that interesting? Or... <laughs> <laughs> not really. No. Okay. <laughs> No, I, I'm not sure it's a big priority, but it's, of course, also something that's on the back mm -hmm. of people's head because the World Cup, where there are three spots, and the Grand Swiss, where there are two spots, are a bit of a lottery in particular if you're... But it's, it's a lottery for everybody, but in particular if you're not Peter Fiddler and don't make the World Cup finals every single time you play, so that's tough for some others. So I'm any legend. other takeaways from Norway Chess? Wesley also close to the perfect result, but he beat Nordebeck, not Tari. So I don't think we're counting it. No. It's a bit of a wannabe thing, but yes. Mm. All the Aryan hate is making me very... What hate? Very un uncomfortable. Mm. Okay. Much better. I mean, it's a tough event for him to play, right? And, it is, yeah. It yeah, is, I but... Mean, yeah. Five. I don't know. I mean, I can understand you enjoyed it the first time, but uh, the fourth time or whatever he's played, it must be... A little bit stressful, I would guess. Yeah, but also, how do you say no to it? No, you can't say no, of course. Yeah. But, I mean, a lot of your life will start surround, uh, sort of uh, surrounding about it because you have to take it very seriously and prepare in order not to completely collapse, right? So, mm. I don't know. I guess it takes up a lot of space in his life. Also, it's a topic we've covered before, but as someone who's very rarely been a big underdog in super tournaments, so much is about the start. And I think it's the same for Tari and for Hammer and whoever has played the role of I'm the 2630 till 2660 guy playing against all these top players. If you get into it, then you can sort of hang and you get some confidence and also maybe people don't play the King's Indian or whatever fighting opening they can think of against you with Black every game. So But if they start smelling blood, it's, it gets so energy draining and can get nasty. So I was very pleased for Aryan. They managed to win last round because two and a half out of nine is sounds so much better than one and a half, yeah. which I've done. Yeah, and a victory against uh, a, a very strong player, and a victory that 
will will feel good in a way because like it was a very messy game. It wasn't perfectly played by any stretch, but you know to uh, eventually uh, come out on top in a fighting game against Alireza must be. Maybe that is our clue to talk about Firusha because well, Fres is not here to bring him up, but uh, Firusha had a somewhat underwhelming performance. In a way, somewhat typical. I think he's still a very exciting player. Like he yeah, fights yeah. so hard every game. He always keeps the tension. He always tries so hard to leave any play in the position. But it can backfire, and it has backfired quite a few times here. What was his final score? Minus two, maybe? Like, or was it minus one? I think it's two? minus two in classical, right? Minus because... two, yeah. Or maybe no, no. That's minus one. Sorry, yeah, that's minus yeah. one. So he lost the first one, then he won two in a row, then he lost to Fabi, and then he lost to Tari uh, in in round nine. And in between, there were a bunch of draws and Armageddon's. So if he wins the final game, which also could have happened, that it would have been more or less rating expectation. I don't know. I find him interesting to watch because his style is also so so different. He doesn't seem to care about. Getting the zero out of the opening with either color. He just plays something and keeps attention and goes for an attack. Um, yeah, he's just taking the draw out of the equation. And it's not an easy thing to do against the best players in the world. But I still enjoy watching and I still think he's such a special talent because he also is able to keep that, that tension there. I think he struggles a bit against these pure... Calculators like Fabi, did he lose to Fabi here? Because usually mm-hmm. they, they are also fine keeping the tension, but then at some point Ali Reza might overpush it or he might get outcalculated. But I, I enjoy watching it. That particular one was a bit of an opening disaster. He, he went for some gamble against the French, and Fabi was actually ah, very, yeah, yeah. very well prepared. And uh, the moment Fabi had to start thinking, he was already much better. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Or somewhat better, at least. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I just, I mean, I think Ali Reza brought a considerable entourage there. Who was there? I'm always very curious. Was the brother there? Mohamed Reza, the manager? It's embarrassing, but I'm not completely sure. Probably he was. I think both his parents was there and uh, some female company, which I assume is his girlfriend, but I I didn't really ask. Um, But... Yeah, she was also in Bucharest, but I wasn't sure that's public. So, so now it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's. I, I don't know. Um, there was uh, some uh, female uh-huh. companion at, le- at least who is. I mean, uh, so no, it was a considerable group, and he. I mean, he makes his presence felt uh, in some way, in a, in a cool way, but uh, perhaps not strong enough on the chessboard this time. But I, I generally agree. He's such an interesting player. You also saw with Magnus that. Uh, I mean, Magnus provoked a bit in the opening. And, well, no, first, actually, Alireza provokes. Magnus plays e4. Alireza plays c5, knight f3, e6, which he doesn't usually do. And then, well, he, but he's really happy to provoke a fight. And uh, again, was bishop d3, knight c6, castles g5. Yeah, yeah like, but also, he plays g5. I understand it's the, you know, the best move according to the computer. But even so, to do it against Magnus is, uh, I mean, he didn't seem to care much. He was ready to, to fight. And uh, But that's the same you said with uh, Karl Rahner, That Of course, it might hurt him, but also long-term it could be interesting. But um, I think, well, for the chess world, of course, it's interesting here here and now. It led, led to great, great games. Yeah, just from a chess perspective, it still feels very scary to me. Clearly, he hasn't put it all together yet, but the... No. Skill that is there, yeah, first of all, the, the attitude, but also the skill of keeping these positions um, interesting all the time, I find impressive, of course. But, yeah, but that's probably result. what we, we like about him, that there seems to be so many things that 
seems kind of wrong with him, but he's incredibly strong uh, yeah. already. So there's a lot of things. Well, we feel he can actually become much, much better, right? And then he's going to be a, a beast, right? Uh, or yeah, well, no, it feels like there's something special there. But of course, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be very interesting to see where it goes. Also, my French sources are telling me that maybe the fashion classes were a bit overblown by us content creators and that probably chess is still his main thing, which would be, I guess, good for the chess world. Yeah, I don't know how how the fashion world feels about it, but I'm not that connected there. All right, that brings us to the end of the Norway chess segment. Let's get to the topic that, I guess, is on everybody's mind. The elephant in the room. Where is Laurent Fressinet? Why haven't we recorded an episode for weeks and weeks and weeks? Peter, Peter Heine, that is. Have you heard from Laurent? What is, what is he doing? I think he's just displaying his surprisingly excellent chess skills in the French League, making a bunch of points, and then I think he's uh, busy celebrating at night, and that has basically not been able to, to you know, fit... Uh, our podcast into his uh, indeed busy schedule. By busy schedule, we mean not trying to take anything away from him here and his fantastic result of, I don't know, plus four, two, seven, 50 performance. It might be a historic, historic result for somebody who, frankly, we thought was washed up in his late 30s. And then to come back like that in their 40s and dominate, this might be unprecedented. Having said all these things, he prepares what? He repeats one Magnus file for an hour at like from like 12 to 1. Then normally, normally he makes a 12-move draw because he won some games when he was forced to play, but usually he makes a 12-move draw. So he's done for at like 4 p.m. Why can't he record for one hour per week with us? This at, at some point it has to be personal, no? I, I would agree with you, but maybe he's just a social creature, right? I mean, he feels that he has to hang out with his team to support him during the round. Then he has to yeah, hang but, out with no, them after the, the round. I've been around him during two matches. He really doesn't feel he has to hang out with his team to support them during the round. I tried. Over to you, Peter. No, I, I was going to say yeah, that the, the, the schedule as described really leaves plenty of time to go record and even come back for the time trouble, potentially. For sure. Yeah. Hmm. Also, we should mention that there was a night or two where Peter and I were sitting here trying to fight off sleep, trying to stay awake at like 11, 11 p.m. Then only to get a drunk message from Laurent. Sorry, guys, still at dinner, getting slightly drunk, and not going to happen today. I think that was the intonation. So he doesn't care about us anymore. Now that he's a big chess star, he's abandoned us. What does that mean for the podcast? Because Peter Heine muted himself. He doesn't know how to operate a microphone. Laurent is gone. Peter Svidler, when do we start our hit podcast? Uh, well, too late, but uh, yeah, way, way, way too late. But that's true. Our... Started with Shell, clearly. Our 15 is... minutes of fame might have passed. At this yeah, point. there is there is no, no other choice. Mm-hmm. Okay, since we lost both Laurent and Peter Heine, <laughs> let's talk about your Indian adventures. You Am went... I muted? Now we hear something, Peter. <laughs> okay, no, I'm, my computer seems to claim I haven't been muted, but I was maybe just very silent. I don't know. No, no, <laughs> we saw your lips moving. Okay, fair enough. 
but uh, yeah, no, I don't know. Uh, I'm a bit confused. So um, I think she's pranking us by by doing the old lips moving, but no sounds being emitted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would be a good idea. But uh, it's just trying uh, to not burn bridges with Laurent because it depends on him, both professionally and socially. While I have no no such limitations. Yeah, Laurent, but also you last trashing, trashing Laurent has basically been part of uh, the social glue in in Team Carlson from my side, right? So that's true. Would, would be weird to stop, but uh, I don't know. I mean, no, I'm mainly puzzled with uh, how well he plays. Just to be honest, but um, of course, he uh, seems to let let us down a, a bit. But I mean, well, I think he really enjoys these team dimmers, and I don't know about you guys if that's something that uh, I mean. I thought when we play together in Baden-Baden, we enjoy having dinner for an hour or two, but then we all just leave. Or maybe it's just me leaving. I don't know. Maybe you uh, yeah, they, they tend to be overly long on some occasions, and you do feel like maybe you could. You could. And, and I think I haven't played the French League in ages and ages, but those dinners, I think, are even longer than, than what Baden-Baden is used to. Yeah. So. Have it. But you also, like me, played back in the nowadays, or you continued? After? I, I played a bit for every in, uh, I will not be able to remember the years, but yeah, mm -hmm. I played a bit since now, but that was also ages ago. No, I remember now, of course, was uh, was different than Bundesliga. It, it took longer times, and it was probably more extravagant in a number of ways. Mm -hmm. yeah. I should clarify for those of you who aren't experts on former French league team names, when Peter and Peter are saying they're playing now, they do not mean they're playing, playing at this current point in time. They are playing, they used to play for a team called now N-A-O. Oh. Oh, yeah. When Peter is saying he's playing a bit for Evry, doesn't mean he's playing for free now, but it means he plays, plays for a team called Evry. I know, it's very confusing. It is uh, massively confusing. I played two weekends of French League. It was too much for me. You have to be at lunch for three hours speaking French. Then you have to play play a chess game. You always get black if you don't speak French. Then you have to be at dinner for another four hours. It's it's a rough schedule. And yeah, I understand. It's Laurent's natural habitat. I'm still... Sad, mainly just sad, not even surprised, just sad that instead of seven hours of eating per day, he doesn't find one hour per week, not per day, to talk to his dear friends here. But he's made it clear where his priorities lie. His results are good. Kudos to him. Such is the nature of things. But you sound hurt, but are you surprised? No, that's... I At this point... I should no longer be surprised, but I keep, you know, getting my hopes up. I keep keep waiting for change. Doesn't happen. But at this point, yeah, it's clearly it's yeah, just, my problem that I allow myself to get hurt. I just saw a very nice bit on Twitter regarding some other things. I will have to caveat this by saying this wasn't about Fresine, but the, uh, a typical reaction to something happening in the world right now was very aptly described as surprised times disappointed squared because first you're surprised then you're disappointed and then you're surprised that you're surprised and you're also disappointed that you're disappointed and uh it goes on it goes on like this so i think this describes many things in the world these days maybe you're right 
I'm surprisingly disappointed by that story at high hopes. <laughs> no, I thought it was good. I have to, but not fair enough. Yeah, okay. But it's true, we lost the thread a bit. We were trashing Loran, I thought. Mm. Yeah, but also praising him for his yeah. historically great chess past the age of 40. Because he's also, with all the trashing we're doing, we should mention, in a way, he's timeless, no? He always looks the same. He always, yeah, I don't know. Is yeah. is ordering white bread? You can't really tell if he's twenty eight or or forty five. And now he's back to playing well. He's, yeah, he's how old is he actually? He will claim he's much younger than us. He's really not. He's uh, 42, 43. Mm. I don't know how old he is. He's younger than me. Then, but mm. yeah. <laughs> no, but also, I mean, well, I thought Lorang was this. I don't think his positional understanding is uh, that great, but he's an incredible fighter at the board. He's sharp tactically. And players like that are supposed to decline massively when they turn 40, right? And it doesn't I seem mean, to be also, the case. It might be, because normally his non-chess takes are so ridiculous. We might just think his positional understanding is horrible. Do we actually have a position in mind that bears <laughs> that out? I think it's just his persona. We assume he doesn't understand Maybe. stuff. Maybe it's true. I have just he, been... he has all this, all these tight openings. He's a, he's very chicken, and he's a decent fighter, practical player. So maybe his skills are actually aging nicely. Mm-hmm. You, no, you could be right. Maybe I'm just too biased. But what are we talking about? Is he a dark horse in the World Cup now, or where are we sort of on the scale? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. Who is currently the stronger player, Magnus Carlsen or Laurent Fessinet? Coming yeah. up next on the Chicken Chess Club podcast. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah. That's an appropriate reaction, but also just us three laughing for about a minute straight would be, would be a good reaction to, yeah. to that suggestion. Uh, no, we, should, we should run it by Augur. So yeah, yeah. I have seen too many random uh, sort of friendly quotations, blitz, blitz games that seem to have settled that for, uh, question for life. But mm. who knows? Yeah. No, I guess this ends well, the the Laurent Fresinet segment. Maybe we should, should we just be happy for him. Should He's we say that we, we miss him and we want him to come back? Is that going too far? I think we are saying that very clearly. With okay. Mm. Um, yeah, Matt. Fair enough. He's a peacock. We we gotta let him fly. Okay, this I'll have to Google that expression later. Not sure. I think it's a it's a pun, or well, not a pun exactly, but yeah, it's a, it's a quote from a famous movie. Mm. Mm. Peter Swidler, back yes. to exciting chess content. Okay, you traveled to India. You played. Yeah. Against Indian number, I oh, have to be careful. I think he's Indian number three currently behind Gukesh Vidit Gujarati. Yep. First question on Indian names. It's Vidit, right? It's Vidit. Yeah. It's Mr. Vidit. So you formally and casually address him as Vidit. Is that correct? Yeah. If I if I address him by name at all, yeah, I think it should be Vidit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would like to jump in here and say that uh, Switler actually came there with uh, a very recent tournament win. He won the, the Siegerman tournament. And the reason, well, of course, I want to congratulate him, but also want to point out that now we have three winners of that event in a, uh, sort of in the podcast. Right? Wow, so. that's hurtful. But yeah, yeah. congratulations. Yeah, that was, that was a fluke. Yeah. 
yeah, it, it was a very fun trip, and it was particularly fun, somewhat weirdly, from actually the chess perspective, because that's not something I had very high hopes for. And I mean, I did lose in the end very convincingly if you look at the scoreline. But in terms of actual exciting games played, we played very few non-exciting games out of the out of the 16, 16 that we played, and that definitely wasn't the expectation. Uh, I I lost the classical, lost the rapid quite badly, and I did win the blitz. But uh, I think we both like the final score is with the with the scoring system that was with three points for a classical win, two for a rapid win, and one for blitz. I ended up losing minus seven, but I don't think Vidit was just kind of humoring me to to, to make me feel better about it uh, when he uh, was sort of agreeing with me that if I win one of the two. At least at some point, I had winning positions in both of my white rapid games. The match would have been pretty close, and uh, it was very much fun to play. So, uh, obviously, winning it would have been better. But uh, I did, I did enjoy myself quite a bit. I I managed to sacrifice more pieces in the course of the classical and the rapid than I would have thought sort of reasonable to expect against a strong player. People generally, I don't think, you know, give me give me an opportunity to do that very much. And yeah, whenever whenever that happens, I I tend to enjoy it. Uh, I tend to enjoy it quite a bit. So apart from the chess, I didn't really leave the hotel once. <laughs> what an adventure! <laughs> Which was yeah. Mainly to do with how boring of a person I am, but also we were uh, we were put up in a in a in a hotel which was very close to the airport, and basically like with with cars going to the airport, passing by it all the time with no particular you know walking spots immediately obvious. So it didn't feel like I had much of an option, but I was also not really you know I, I don't really need much of an excuse not, not to venture outside unfortunately for me the 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 the, the connection was also a bit iffy which it made wasn't wasn't like in chennai during the olympiad where i tried leaving the hotel once or twice there they just wouldn't wouldn't let us you could have just there was no no walking area and so on yeah which is also yes yeah, so, so, so. We were we were in the same hotel as some of the people who were playing in the open and some of them did find some places apparently they could reach by food, which were, you know, an option so for a, an option for a walk. And they tried kind of roping me in, but I very strategically, I always have the "do not disturb" card on the door. So they they actually kind of decided not to knock on the door, which I which I felt was very considerate. So yeah, that was that was my Indian trip. Um, I'm trying to figure out the logistics of that story. So the participants of the open. They decide to go for a walk. They they know your room number for some yeah. reason. They're standing outside your room. They say the do not disturb sign. And then they decide, oh, no, Mr. Swidler does not want to be disturbed. Disturb, exactly, yes. To knock in yes. That, very moment. That, is, that is the story that was given to me afterwards. I, I was not there to, you know, be able to confirm or deny. But that was the story that was, that was given that to me. That is very reasonable. I mean, I think, uh, well, I'm not going to tell who I was working for, but I, I knocked at the door and uh, I was sort of informed of, well, the, do you think that do not disturb sign doesn't 
you know, apply, apply to you. Yeah. <laughs> apply to you. So yeah. Yeah. yeah no, I, I I did have uh, like before the third classical game, somebody actually rang the doorbell twice at six o'clock in the morning, and uh, I still well, don't know. Those people are on video payroll. I mean, <laughs> yeah. He, I think he's a little bit too nice of a person for me to seriously entertain that theory. That's what but he wants you to think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that was, uh, and the sign was still very much in uh, in effect. And uh, after the first one, I thought, okay, I'm not just gonna like acknowledge this is happening. And then it repeated itself, and I actually got up and got into a proper like, now I shall open the door and like shout at whoever is out there. And then I thought this would involve involve you know putting on clothes and. And then, yeah, in the end, I didn't. But but Jan which is, is a regret. Sorry, Jan is touching on a subject here that, well, I mean, in other sports, the fans are really pestering the players like that, you know, waking them up at night, uh, poisoning their pizzas, this kind of stuff, right? Poisoning their pizzas. That seems oddly specific. What happened to you? It's not Michael. <laughs> J- no, no, it's not Michael Jordan. But sort of, well, for instance. I was living next door to Wesley So, but I thought he was unsportsmanlike that I was listening to loud music after 10 o'clock in the evening, for instance. So maybe I'm just being unprofessional. I should just mm. go on all night. I don't know. Okay. I, well, I thought in, ba- in basketball, there's a ton of stories, right? In football as well, I thought. But... Mm. Okay. Yeah, I have no idea. what I, I, my, my best theory is what somebody was misinformed about the room number and they were looking for somebody else. Why they were looking for really anybody at six o'clock in the morning, I still don't quite understand. But yeah, I don't think I don't think this was aimed at me. I think it was just a, like a really weird mishap, which uh, did annoy me at the time. But like, he didn't have many fans. Maybe it was even done without his knowledge. I doubt it. But it's also possible people just thought <laughs> it's, the, it's the two options you are uh, operating with. Those yeah. are the two yeah. options. So I'll, yeah. Fair. I'll entertain. So Fair. You didn't win, so you can't say Vini Vidit Vici, right? Mm, yeah. I've no. also I might not gonna be able to get a photo operation. But I was thinking if we get Keimer, Anand, and Vidit in the same spot, we can take a picture and call it Vini Vidit Vici. Which, and I, those are the kind of things I spent my time thinking about. And it's Clearly, very useful. This, you will have a chance for that rather soon, right? Where Düsseldorf, Dubai? Düsseldorf? Ah, there yeah, might maybe. be a chance here. Yeah, yeah, that brings us that brings us very smoothly to our next <laughs> next topic, and that is yeah. the the proliferation of the. There are some prolific rapid uh, team championships coming up. I'm literally going to Dubai tomorrow to train for the Dusseldorf, whatever it's called, World Team Rapid Championship. But then when I leave Dubai, the I keep forgetting what's called the Global Chess League will start in Dubai, which features, I think, most of the world's best players, Magnus, Wesley, Ding, everybody's there. I've seen some PR quotes, and they were tremendously inspiring. Magnus and Ding spoke so passionately about the event and the revolutionary nature of men and women being on the on the same team there, and the yeah, the groundbreaking, disrupting that's being done there. That I'm I'm really really looking forward to. I was. Heine, you're going. I'm yes and no. I'm probably going, but 
uh, I need a passport for it. Well, I guess everybody does that, but uh, mine, mine seems to be expiring, and uh, I'm in the process of getting a new one. So, mm-hmm. should that arrive in time, I'm probably gonna go. But uh, well, it's gonna depend on uh, Norwegian, Danish, and the Lithuanian postal services. So, who knows? It's a, it's a coin flip at the time. But I do have a ticket. So, I was gonna mock you, but I recently did laundry, and shortly after doing laundry, I realized. Would have been better to take my passport out of my <laughs> pants before doing laundry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's. I. I think it's still. But they will I still think... allow me to travel on it, but it still uh, doesn't look perfect. Really? Okay. No. I. For instance, uh, if you are washing, uh, well, at some point, lo- many years ago, I was washing a considerable number of euro notes. They just look cleaner. There's nothing wrong there. But passport. Uh, I, I think mean, it's but that. that Passports these days have all kinds of chips in them, which might yeah, yeah. no longer be scannable. So yeah, you, your first trip on this passport will be an adventure. No, it was very I puzzling. I, I need to have a new biometrical passport, and I can't do it in Lithuania. So I didn't really know what to do. But it turned out that even the Danish consulate in Stavanger has biometric uh, equipment. So actually, uh, I realized that the restaurant we were eating on, that one of their back rooms seemed to have the equipment, and I managed to get one. So... Mm. Pretty pretty weird. But yeah, I think modern passports needs to have a certain kind of stuff. Yeah, that. Anyway, that's what I did in Stavanger. I wouldn't know. So we might we might meet each other in Dubai at the airport. Um, that's going be... Then your plane would have to be considerably delayed, I'm afraid. But uh, we'll, uh, we'll see about that. Yeah. But it's an interesting uh, event in a way. They had a draft, right? And they were announcing that the teams... I think Magnus is in the team with... Uh, well, I think Magnus is maybe each team has to have an icon player, then some top players, some youth players, and two female players. And uh, Magnus is the icon, and he's with Gukesh, Pragnananda, and Irigaisi, I think, and uh, Crush and Pets as the female players. Yeah, but, I uh, think. Could I think do it's worse like... than getting Pragnananda, Gukesh, and Irigaisi. I'm not sure if it's done by. By rating or how the draft was done, I think it was like th- NBA style. Oh, yeah, it sounds like I think team. it's a draft where you have uh, $200,000 and then you can basically start bidding for players. Mm. That's how it works. But um, I, I didn't follow it in, in great detail. So it's, uh, it's closer in spirit to the 25K draft than it is to, let's say, an IPL draft, right? So, okay. I need I need sort of some bearings because I, I missed this entire thing completely and... Um, I'm only now catching up, and the two drafts I'm aware of are the 25K draft, which comes before the World Series starts, and and the IPL draft. And it sounds more like a poker draft than it is the, the cricket one. Okay, uh, you might have lost me and Jan there, but I don't know. That was the, uh, that was the intention. Yeah. Leaving this yeah. podcast, whenever <laughs> yeah. one Peter starts talking about feed, the other Peter starts talking about. I don't even know what you're talking about. Not only is cricket when I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, it could also be something else. What what else is there? We we haven't talked for weeks. Maybe for a reason. Um, that's fully true. Let's find out. Oh, I see in our notes we have a lot of Augur talking points. Are we basic briefly touched on it already? The debate, I guess, is is Magnus, is this the end of an era with the poor castle result? Yes, maybe we don't know. Well actually hang on a second, because this is very interesting to me. Well, one of uh, the votes is I voted no. So I'm you know 
And I think our whoever is our producer has also voted no because I can see a check mark there. So maybe we're actually trying to we have moved this vote like wow. a little hmm. bit. But frankly, let's I don't know when when he's playing the next super tournament. Me neither. But if he is, if I have to bet money, I'm still betting on him, right? Like I'm I'm not sure what odds. But I'm clearly, if I ha- can pick even money, Magnus against any other player to win the tournament, I'm always taking Magnus, right? So I don't think it's. I, I a think so. I if mean, he's the favorite for a tournament yet. No. I think maybe we can argue we're at the stage where you would rather have the field against Magnus. But I yeah, think yeah one, well, that's a separate debate. Yeah, but one. Indi- I mean, even two individual players. I'm not sure you'll take it. No, let's say, I don't know, who you would even take, like Nakamura and Karana against Carlsen, you're probably not taking, no? I don't think so. I'm biased, but for me, he still seems to be the the, the stronger player. Maybe, I mean, like sometimes I keep referring to uh, 2018 Ding as a, as a great player, and I'm not updated enough, but uh, I, I, think, I think Magnus still got it. I understand I'm, you know, paid to say that, but... Uh, I, I, I actually telling the truth for once. No, he has to. Well, he doesn't have to. But you're telling you're telling your truth in that's, classical that's true. Yeah. for a while. But you can also still tell, even in this. Where was it? Vars Varsa. Yeah. Where he didn't start great, but you can tell he's still different once he starts rolling. In yeah, okay, it was blitz, but still, once he starts rolling as the best players, like it's still yeah, it feels, it feels different, and I guess. Even in this Norway chess, I don't know why I'm defending Magnus here, but he won seven out of his eight Armageddons, and yeah, it wouldn't be too far-fetched to win a classical game here and then. No, I, I'm assuming we might come to a point where it's a, a debate, but yeah, at this point, you're not taking anybody over Magnus. And also, he's lost a bunch of rating, but rating performance-wise... It's not like people are are outperforming him on a bigger sample size, right? It's been one bad tournament, basically. I mean, for 2023, they might. But if you go back, I, I mean, then probably not. I think Agor is mentioning that uh, you have to go back to post-COVID, and that, I think, is wrong. Pre-COVID. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Uh, Pre-COVID, sorry. I mean, he had pretty good re- results there. I mean, you can just go back to the match, for instance. But e- even after that, I think, uh, didn't he win some events as well? So, I mean, I think... Uh, no, I understand I'm personally attached, but it's really my professional opinion that I think uh, he's still still very, very strong. And uh, everybody feels that, uh, you know, uh, when he gets started during an event, he can become an un- unstoppable force, unlike anyone else. Also, to make this even more personal for Peter Heine, I think we also have to differentiate between events where Peter Heine is there and events where Peter Heine is not there. I mean, if we look at events where Magnus is by himself, I think he's still winning every single one of them. Yeah, uh, there is uh, historical evidence to somewhat the contrary, but uh, recently you have a, making a very, very strong case, I have to admit. I... I assume he has won an event where I was present uh, at some point, but I can't really recall which one. Uh, yeah, also has he n- not won an event where you were not present? Like I think. Okay, that was too complex a sentence. Uh, sorry. 
No, when he's going somewhere without you, he's still winning every time, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, maybe he will figure out the pattern at some point. (laughs) (laughs) You know. To be fair, I never went to Norway just, and he started bringing me, and he won four times in a row. So I felt happy with that. But, of course, that statistic is ruined now. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But... um, yeah, maybe you're saying he's actually playing a lot of events. He just haven't told me. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if chess events. Uh, yeah, uh, could be. Yeah, I, I don't know if he brings you to a poker tournaments to do some. No, some he quick math not. on the side. Like, Surprising. That has actually no. been forbidden now. There's been some recent developments because they've they've removed to really like specifically ban using solvers and the related things when you're not in the hand. So they're sort of catching up to catching up to where we are. Ever so slowly getting to where we are now. Yeah. But, but you're still allowed to have like seven semi-drunk uh, friends standing there and shout, right? Oh. Yeah, but they probably aren't as good as uh, no, 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 as the. <laughs> Yeah, the, the 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 current World Series has a very funny funny situation because one of the major sponsors is specifically Solver Software. So they they have to mention they have to mention it on air, but they also have to say please don't use it because you will get banned from the World Series immediately. So it's a kind of a but kind of a fun they are balance. banned simply because they give relevant feedback. You're saying, yeah, yeah. By by this point, it's becoming sort of fast enough to actually provide you with enough data in between hands to inform your play. Okay. I mean, so it's been, uh, phones were banned when you're in the hand for a while, but now they're also. But how would moving. you compare compare it with chess? It would be like uh, I would not be allowed to walk up uh, to Magnus before the Armageddon game and tell him, "Okay, Stockfish says this thing," or is it uh, even stronger? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I've, drawing those parallels is difficult, but yeah, I, mm-hmm. I thought I thought it was a kind of a funny. Yeah, yeah, no, no, wow. Funny okay. little development. I thought poker was safe, but that's. It hasn't been safe for a while, but now it's also impacting live play. I mean, online has been bought for for ages, but even live now is feeling the strain. Anyway, uh, before Jan finally makes an internal decision never to invite me again, we need to move Uh, on. I I don't call the shots around here. Don't worry, don't worry. Your your safe house, uh, how's Hearthstone doing? Any any developments? I'm I'm, I'm, I'm Looking for something else to play and kind of failing. Uh, I'm, uh, I don't know, not really making too much headway. And yeah, looking looking for new things to lose myself in, but uh, without really much success, apart obviously from the dog walking, which does occupy the entirety of my heart and soul. But dog walking doesn't sound like too draining emotionally or financially. So I would ho- was hoping. You could you could do better than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it. Uh, well, I mean, I would. I was going to argue about financially, but yeah, it's not. It's not gonna completely break us. But it's. It's so as it, Yeah, it's not as cheap as you think. Yeah, the, he he does eat, hmm. and we also the, the the kind of a newish development in the life of our dog is that we bought him those buttons that supposedly teach them how to speak. You know, you can. You can buy these uh, like mats you put on the floor, and then you you put buttons inside the mat, which have a small recorder recorder inside it, so you can record like a word or a phrase. But normally, it's a one word, 
and it the dog pushes it with he prefers the nose but paws are also acceptable and it says something so this way you can teach your dog to sort of talk to you uh, and so far we've very successfully taught him to, to say my Olga's name and then the preferred kind of food he wants right this moment <laughs> nothing else works reliably like we we can't get him to actually ask us to take him for a walk which was a bit surprising I thought that button would be very popular but that is not happening for some reason but you know Peter and then cheese is a very popular sequence of two buttons which happens quite a bit this is, this is pretty, pretty, pretty fa- no no it sounds like Pavlov's dog things I mean it's pretty fascinating stuff so basically yeah. okay. uh, Jan is just uh, flabbergasted or, or... <laughs> yeah that's that's one way to describe it yeah, yeah. <laughs> you didn't like awkward pause uh, I'm trying very hard here <laughs> no 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 uh, yeah, for me it's a very fascinating stuff here I mean you know it almost feels uh, a lot I don't of know. I'm afraid to ask Peter Swidler anything now. Like, uh, <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> try it. What, what are your next uh, chess tournaments? <laughs> yeah, I think PH is probably not going there because he will be like very, very opposed to the existence of that thing. But we, I think, uh, we're meeting uh, in as well. I'm not invited, but okay. Yeah, but like in we, what we'll... function would he go there? Like a journalist? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes. yes, honored, honored guest. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. But yeah, I, I think Dusseldorf is uh, is what I'm likely to be doing next. I've. Uh... But that's end of August. That's in like, yeah. like three months. So you yeah. need other other activities to to fill the time until you yes. can team up with Vladimir Kramnik to compete for the prestigious but, <laughs> inaugural. Is it, you're saying you're not playing the World Cup? Is that how we understand uh, you? I, Actually, yeah, that's kind of stupid of me. But my situation with the World Cup is a bit weird because this year is the first year in a while where I actually don't know if I qualify or not. Oh, that's true. And I can't really bring myself to to do any research. So I've basically told myself, eventually in previous years, if if you do qualify, they send you an email saying you still haven't signed the contract. And uh, <laughs> and then you sign the contract and you're good. So I'm I'm basically in this holding pattern where I'm not doing anything to find out if I'm playing or not, and it will resolve itself somehow eventually. Sort of me opening the feeder <laughs> document with the invitations. This is you would no. like rather want you want to be in sort of left in the dark. About yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm very consciously not actually making that step. Yeah. Like, okay. Um, uh, Seems Jan is trying to annoy you and find out. But yeah. I'm googling, but I can't. <laughs> no, no, but it reminds me. I mean, I'm not think... sure you'll you'll get a definitive result because I think that like the last batch is not has has not gone out. And no, no, I think there was a year where Ivanchuk was giving a legendary interview and sort of he came up with a lot of reasons why he didn't want to play the candidate. You know, he was busy, had other tournaments, and so on. At some point, the honest ask was oh, so you were not actually qualified, right? So uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm sorry for bringing it up if you're not qualified. But, uh, no, no, I'm. Yeah. I'm completely fine with it. Like I, I yeah. it should be like in 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 the, the biggest golf tournaments. Just to bring up another favorite subject of Jan, right? I mean, if you win it, you're qualified for life. I mean, that's how it is. <laughs> yeah, that would be that would be useful. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't be too unfair. Even I mean, it's I not like there's not probably, that probably not horrible. Yeah, not that many winners. Yeah, the the, the list would not really be. 
I don't think it was such take, a strain. I mean, such a strain on the tournament. Let's put it like yeah. this: yeah, having to reinvite those people. Uh, yeah, no. Hmm. Jan is trying to come up with some. Oh, you gave up? No, I'm studying the rules. But yes, <laughs> only one federation spot selected according to the final standings of the 44th Chess Olympiads. Does not That's apply. Think, Peter, yeah. four nominees of FIDE president. Who knows? It could, could happen. It's not helping Peter Heinet that much. We know. <laughs> Two have... nominees of the organizer. It's Baku. Um. Yeah, but there is a list here. with the uh, names. Come on. You, yeah, you... there's 142 names, but Peter is not on that okay. list. Yeah, okay. This, this much, oh, this so much you, now, yeah. I guess you noted also that very few uh, countries has made their nominee's name public yet. But of mm. course, Fresnay being one. Only of Laurent Fresnay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> France, France chose yes. their best fighter. Yep. <laughs> yeah, choose choose your fighter. So yeah, that's uh, that's my 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 current situation with playing over the summer. Yeah, apologies. If the World Cup happens, I will probably play. Uh, if it doesn't happen, I will. <laughs> I mean, it, neither thing particularly brings me <laughs> brings me. I'm very very ambivalent, frankly, this year. Well, speaking of winners who might not play, I don't know if you saw Aronian's tweet. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah, no. Aronian would like to play, but he says that he will not feel safe in Baku. So he's suggesting to play online from the feeder offices in Lausanne. Mm. I have no no idea if that's happening. But uh, how do we so it? like the the famous Fisher Kuba. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm. So, anyway, that was just a detour. Oh, yeah. Anyway, there are, other, have... there are some other past winners who could be a bit of a controversial inclusion, but yeah. I <laughs> oh, don't worry. We have a second segment for that. <laughs> I have a dog walk I need to get to. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, I'm very aware that I am the reason I'm not getting to my dog walk because if I haven't bored the no, no, the Zencaster, we would be on time. Point. But that's a good point. Nah, that. that's fine. We can switch to the Peter the single, single Peter camera segments. Um. The correspondence, can we keep that short? Is, is it over? Like No, no. I mean, but actually moves has happened since then. And also, I think, well, you know, it's possible to chat in a very slow manner during this correspondence games. But I think one of them, I think he's listening to our podcast. And probably he thought that me saying the games is going to end up in a draw. He actually, well, he, he pointed out that, well, he would rather play out the games. And it's a fair enough point. So if I sort of tried to sneak in a draw for in the... In the podcast, he was actually declined, so that's that's f- fair enough. But we, we we will see. One of them, I cannot tell the position, but it's I have a knight against uh, two pawns, and I think I have them under control, so I expect it to be drawn rather shortly. But uh, let let's see. So um, again, I could claim a draw by table basis, but I'm not sure which how to do that technically speaking. So not too much happening, but also the good news is that I have probably misread the rules. So if I'm making more than 50%, even if I don't win this qualifier, I'm still qualified for the next stage. So this this segment can go on for, for quite some years from here, I would say. It's good stuff. I'm wondering which of these segments will be mined for for the YouTube shorts. Is it like the, the Swiddler dog stuff, the Swiddler poker stuff, the Swiddler cricket stuff, the, the Peter Heine correspondence stuff, the Peter Heine golf stuff? I don't know. I don't feel I'm contributing to 
<laughs> all this gold. Um, then, oh, yeah, okay. I guess we get to the FIDE segment. Um, do I have stuff to say? No, I saw this tweet, or I'm not sure if it was a tweet by Irina Bulmaga, maybe? Um, I guess Peter Heine yeah, read as well. But yeah, I was impressed with what she had to say. And I think... Well, she's just I saying what I've said, said, no, said for years in a weaker form. I mean, mm, Yeah, exactly. It's uh, There's a little more nuance than <laughs> to what you're, you're saying and what you will <laughs> say again now. So <laughs> do your thing. But and, uh, well, her. both her and Orgod were saying stuff. No, I really think that she's saying one-to-one what I'm saying. I'm not sure. No. <laughs> yes, um, I think. <laughs> you might just not have read it all. I anyway. did read it carefully. Yeah. So... Hmm. No, but she she made uh, quite quite some post on on Facebook, I think, right? And then Orgor had uh, sort of uh, a long debate with Vallejo on Twitter, and then he's made a late uh, some statement as well. So there is um, some some action uh, there. Have my segment started or? No, I'm still here. Like uh, I just yeah, wanted, exactly. <laughs> wanted to weigh in before your okay. your segment starts. Uh, five okay. five minutes of Peter. Of Peter's of Fide, I don't know. <laughs> no, Starts no. now. Thank you guys so much for listening. And see you soon. <laughs> okay. Well, I can do my stuff, actually, because quite something has happened since last time. Kayakin, once again, has made a, a, a quite strong public uh, appearance. He, he put up a, a video on Telegram where he's uh, asking for financial support for the Russian troops. He's showing some of the, the clips when he was recently uh, visiting the army in Luhansk and Donetsk recently. And, well, one could say, what is the, actually the problem about this? Well, everybody seems to agree that Kayakin is a bad guy. We, we know that, and I think that perhaps... At least 95% of the chess world finds uh, Kayakin's actions completely unacceptable. Well, my problem with it is that there is no reaction from uh, from, from FIDE and, and the chess world. There is a lot of condemnation. But earlier, we actually decided to ban him. This, for some reason, uh, we are not doing now. If you, I mean, look at it, Kayakin is invited to play the, the World Cup. His list is on the official list of, of players. And what happened next was that Kayakin is sort of he's giving interviews in, in Russian state media. He's even putting up a vote on his uh, social media account. Should he play the World Cup or not? And he's saying, well, should I really play when I'm not allowed to play with my flag and my anthem? And a lot of people is voting. No, you shouldn't. You should actually be principled. So th- the situation is this weird thing that it's Kayakin who is boycotting the World Cup. It's not the World Cup, who is saying that, no, we don't want to have anything to do with you. And I think that's very wrong. I mean, we have to make a stand on this, and uh, it should be the chess world telling it, Kayakin, you have no place here. It cannot be that uh, Kayakin is welcome, and Kayakin is actually the one who is saying that, uh, you know, we don't do it. So we should really take some juridical steps, and uh, the f- way juridical steps happens in the chess world is uh, to take it to the Ethics Commission. We did it in uh, 2022. Why we are not doing it now, one can only speculate. In principle, it's it's Dvorkovic's uh, decision, but also it could be the FIDE Council, it could be the FIDE, uh, what the F is happening in the background here from others. It could be the, the, the FIDE Management Board, etc. And so 
but someone has to take ownership and see say we should ban kayaking or that we think no he shouldn't be banned he should be allowed to play and then defend that kind of position i think obviously my opinion is kayaking should have no place in the chess world but then we should actually be the us kicking him out not him saying no i don't really want to play with you guys when you're discriminating me then the second thing in the in sort of the feeder chess world is that there was a match supposed to happen called the a match of solidarity between uh, two Georgian female players against uh, two from Ukraine. Uh, the match is still happening in Batumi, but the name has changed to Championship Match, and absolutely no uh, word of uh, explanation from FIDE. It's, it's pretty weird that the name is just changing, and no one really cares to explain why. I think everybody understands why, that solidarity is towards Ukraine and towards Georgia, who's both been invaded by Russia and who has uh, actually had pr- currently have territory annexed by Russia. But, uh, well, I mean, I think we should show solidarity to that. I understand people think FIDE should be apolitical, but actually we are bound by the FIDE charter, which uh, even points in the direction of the UN uh, and so on. So um, that's a bit of a background sound here. I'm sorry. So, but... I think it's wrong that we just changed the name from Solidarity to Championship without any kind of uh, explanation. But what I found very wrong is actually that at the same time this match is happening, we have the World Cadet Championships. A bunch of Russian kids is playing there, around 50. This has the consequence that Ukrainian kids are not going to play. I understand the principal problem that FIDE would like to be neutral and invite everybody to play. But I think we have to face in the chess world that if we are inviting Russian kids to play, the Ukrainian kids will stay away. And this is a dilemma that is real. It has the consequence that the Ukrainian kids are not playing. And I think we have to make a decision there. What are we going to do? I think right now the chess world, and especially FIDE, is just hiding there. So I think they should take a decision. And it's obvious that from my perspective, we should let the Ukrainian kids play. And that will mean that we actually have to ban the Russian kids as it is right now. But I would say, as with the kayaking problem, first of all, we should have a feeder leadership who takes responsibility, ex- responsibility, explains why they're doing what they do, and then, well, people can actually oppose or applaud it in a way. Um, I have no idea if my... Are they actually back? Okay, thanks a lot, guys. Of course The main thing are. is you can zoom in at any time, and it's kayaking, feeder, transparency, like... <laughs> It's, well, it's very reliable. Thank you very much. But uh, I mean, mm. as long as the problems are not solved, uh, the, you know, the, 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 the talk will still be there. Anyway, <laughs> I think we got a bit of uh, dog talk as well uh, in the podcast. But let's see. Mm. Mm. No, we've uh, covered a variety. No, no, no. Of I mean, like, I, uh, that was anyway. So, anything else we have left or questions from Twitter? Not really. I don't have a dog in the fight. The only problem is that normally we blame Laurent for everybody being unprepared for this podcast. Now we've had two weeks, we have no Laurent, and we still got nothing. Maybe, maybe Laurent wasn't the problem all along. Is it time to take a long, hard look into the mirror? Time for time for a tough one. Yeah, it is his fault. 
niche reference. I think, yeah, I, I will say that uh, my one high hope for this episode was kind of dashed when uh, we briefly touched on uh, on Jakob's uh, Twitter activity and then went into this very serious discussion of whether Magnus is still the world number one instead of just dedicating our time to discussing Jakob's Twitter, which I thought uh-huh. was... I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do I'm it now. Here. No, no. <laughs> I no. think I think the moment has sadly passed. But uh, I, I, I will say that you know, much as with you know, Livon Aronian playing well, chess world is sort of the, the better place when when Jakob is providing us with his extremely hot takes, none of which I tend to agree with. Oh. I disagree with him on this one, but sometimes he... I think he basically thinks that the rating system is not updating quick, quick enough, which there is some truth in, but I think uh, this one he got wrong, but um, time will tell, I guess. Thanks <laughs> for listening just... to yeah. this episode of the Chicken Chess Club podcast. We'll be back in a couple of months when Monsieur Fresine finds time in his busy schedule, or we might be back next week with a whole new lineup and all kinds of I don't know who are we kidding Um, something might happen or might not happen thank you so much for listening thank you so much Peter Swidler for joining us in these trying times that we live in and see you guys soon see you